Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. Please help by liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast if you're watching this on YouTube or BitChute. These are all free and help out a great deal. Word of mouth is how shows like this reach more people who are interested. Another way you can support this podcast is by way of a PayPal tip jar. You can leave a donation of any amount you like or set up a monthly donation just like Patreon or Subscribestar. Only I don't make you pay for my content. I only invite you to contribute. There's a link in the description. I sincerely appreciate your interest and support. Aikido is like other martial arts in that it has many organizations of all sizes. These organizations are made up of multiple dojos and sometimes many. These organizations are all similar in that they have a hierarchical structure. Typically, a single leader at the top who guides the direction of the art within that organization. Is this the best approach? And does this result in the further development of the art? In today's podcast, we are going to examine this question, the state of this approach in general, and look at where this approach tends to head over time. Perhaps there's a better way to approach the development of Aikido. Generally, organizations get their start when they have one extraordinary talent who innovates their art. This is someone who is so talented and insightful that students are drawn to them so they can learn. I'm talking about people like Murahai Weishiba, Jigoro Kano, Bruce Lee, Carlos and Hickson Gracie, and the like. These organizations get handed down to successors who are almost never as talented or visionary as their founders. In time, these organizations evolve into focusing on financial success more than they do the art itself. Having spent about 40 years in martial arts and being involved in a number of various ones, I've seen very similar things happen in all organizations. This applies to small organizations and even single dojos all the way up to large organizations. They all seem to go through a similar transformation as they go through their life cycle. It kind of goes like this. They start out in a growth phase where there is quality instruction and students are excited about what they learn. The development of the art and imparting skill in the students is priority one, and when the students become competent, the art grows. Dojos and instructors flourish when this is happening. In this phase, the classes are small and due to that are very effective at developing skilled martial artists. The dojo grows as more students come, and usually grows to have multiple dojo locations, and perhaps many. It's natural that people are attracted to quality instruction and want to learn at the schools which are turning out the most skilled students. But then something starts to happen. The successful growth tends to shift the focus of the organization. The shift in focus tends to happen in two ways. First, the primary goal of the organization shifts away from developing skilled students and towards its own financial success. These two are seen as the same, but they're not. They are very different priorities. This is also natural because the profit incentive is very powerful. One problem comes with the simple fact that large classes are far less effective at cultivating skilled students. This is a widely known fact in the teaching world. However, large classes mean greater revenue and making more money is a powerful incentive. Second, the focus of leadership tends to shift. Quite simply, power and fame tend to bring out a distasteful side of people. Martial arts organizations often take on a cult-like atmosphere where the leader or leaders become intoxicated by the obedience and even worship by those on the lower rungs of their organization. More often than not, they become spoiled and indulge in objectionable behavior of all sorts. They become known for having huge egos. Students who notice this behavior are forced to decide either to stay around despite being disappointed in the behavior or they leave the organization in disgust. 
I've seen this happen quite a lot. Most often, people leave in ones or twos. When it gets bad enough, people quit in larger numbers, resulting in organizations fracturing and breaking up. Sometimes the organization dissolves entirely, but often it keeps on only as much smaller. I've seen several organizations go through this, and it's happening right now with one of the largest Aikido organizations in the world. Now, I haven't looked into all Aikido organizations, but each one that I have seen and heard about have pretty remarkable political turmoil going on behind the scenes. I'm not talking about mild stuff here, but major problems. In each case, I'm left wondering how the organization actually stays together at all, given the level of dysfunction going on inside them. Usually you see these organizations fracture when the leader passes away. The built-up political stress tends to overflow and groups break apart. In many cases, it's like when a person dies and a bitter fight ensues with the family members who fight over the inheritance. These fights are bitter and usually don't end well for the organization. The reason those fights are so bitter is not due to the concern for the students or the art. The concern is who will be the new leader and who will get their hands on the revenue generator. In almost every case I've seen or read about, it is not the most talented martial artist or teacher who takes over the organization. It's the one who is the most determined to become the leader and the one most desiring the power and the wealth. The result is that the art suffers. When that happens, the fate of the organization is sealed. It may take time to play out, but no martial arts organization will survive when it puts politics ahead of its students. All organizations do this. I have yet to encounter one which does not. This leads me to question whether the approach itself is the problem. Most often we tend to think that the system works, it just has the wrong leaders at the helm. If it only had the right leadership, it would work just fine. Why do we believe that? I think the reason is that organizations and groups have been around a long time. We assume that anything which has been around a long time must have done so for a very good reason, and that when it fails, it was an aberration. After looking at the consistent failures of so many organizations and the political turmoil they are all suffering from, I don't think the widespread failures are due merely to the wrong people. I think the approach itself is flawed. Its very nature invites diversion from quality instruction and innovative development of the art itself. Is there another approach which may work better? I think there is. To describe it, I will borrow a term which has emerged in the last few decades, open source development. For those not familiar, open source development refers to a community of people dedicated to the development of an idea, but who are free to contribute in ways which enhance the creative process. Probably the most notable example of open source development was with the development of the Linux computer operating system. In its early days, Linux was not a company which had a visionary at the top who drove the development, such as Bill Gates did with Microsoft or Steve Jobs did with Apple. Instead, Linux came about from individual programmers and developers who worked separately on different parts and collaborated remotely to bring Linux to life. What was the result? Linux is an extremely powerful and reliable computer operating system, so much so that the majority of computers which make up the Internet use it. It's far more solid and reliable than Windows and Mac OS and is the clear choice for those who have computers which must stay running without hassles. Now, Linux is not perfect but the open source model proved itself against the old school hierarchical development model. I think martial arts are crossing a threshold where we will use a similar approach. Doing so allows each of us the freedom to develop our own art the way we want to, 
We can break free of the political turmoil which plagues organizations and takes our time and attention away from the art itself. One of the things that politics does is dampens our love of the art. People get frustrated dealing with politics, and so much so they often think of quitting, and some do. What they lose is their passion for being on the mat, learning, and sharing what they know. When politics destroys passion, either because people quit or their energy is extinguished, the art suffers immensely. Every art needs to pass its passion along to future students, not bitterness and resentment. So what would this open source model look like and how would it work? Imagine if, instead of having rank granted by a person, which is usually the head of your organization, you received instruction from talented teachers from other backgrounds. It might be from other Aikido dojos or even other martial arts. Dojos would certainly still exist and bestow ranks as they see fit. What would be added to this mix is a cross-pollinization of ideas and skills which would transcend the rigid organization framework. I'm sure we've all seen that some instructors have particular talents in some areas. This is natural as each of us has things we are particularly good at. Imagine instructors put together particular courses focused on their own particular strengths and offered them openly to anyone who wanted to learn them. You could take that course and be exposed to that instructor's particular talent. You could freely choose whether that approach works for you and leave the parts which don't suit you. Think of Bruce Lee's famous quote, Absorb what is useful, discard what is useless, and add what is specifically your own. With the open source model, you could expose yourself to more instructors than merely the ones in your own dojo or organization. This concept can make people very nervous. What I've found in taking on this approach is that it's like dumping gasoline on a creative fire. It's exciting to take on a high level of creativity. Getting with other instructors and advanced practitioners is invigorating and getting access to their talent and insights is beneficial to your own growth. Instructors often fall into the trap of assuming their skills don't need any improvement. Unfortunately, many believe that their teacher is the one and only influence they need to improve, and they are not comfortable with the idea of listening to someone other than their own instructor. This is understandable with new students and those who are in the beginning stages of learning the martial arts. They can easily get flooded with too much information. But as a student grows into an advanced student, it becomes more important that their martial horizons get expanded and elevated. A single instructor becomes a bottleneck, and the student will likely not reach their true potential under them. The reason is simple. No instructor knows it all. Teaching someone to fulfill their potential is a team effort and requires input from many diverse sources for someone to do it. Any student will sooner or later come to the point that they must take that responsibility on themselves. You must seek out what you wish to improve in yourself and how you will go about doing it. Doing this is not disrespectful or an insult to your instructor. It's natural. As with most things in life, it's not what you do as much as how you do it. Your instructor can get you to a certain point, but you must take your skills beyond that. Anyone who believes their teacher has everything they need to know is squarely in the cult zone. Sadly, many martial artists reside there. This is not a good thing for the art. Respect for your instructor is a good thing. Worship is not. The open source model takes a more granular approach to learning and teaching skill sets. This approach would not replace dojo training, but augment it. It would allow instructors to break out from the rigid curriculums which stifle their own development and their ability to bring out the best in their students. 
Independent dojos would be able to benefit the most from this approach because they would have access to a wealth of outside influences, giving them new ideas and keeping their training fresh and invigorated. Being in an organization is not much better for being provided direction and new insights, so outside influences could help them too. However, I've yet to see an organization which is dynamic enough to learn from outside sources. This means that development is stifled. Again, not good for the practitioners or the art. How would the open source model come to life? Well, it's already started. If you've watched videos online of Aikido instructors sharing and teaching techniques, then you have already participated in it. Listening to these podcasts, you are participating in it. What you do with the new information you are exposed to is up to you. You can take it as far as you want to go. The beauty of this open source approach is that it is entirely voluntary. You're not forced to adopt anything which doesn't make sense to you, and you can pursue what interests you the most. The Aikido community is in the beginning stages of adopting this open source model, and it's going to go much further. There are online courses you can take right now and have been for some time. Coming up next will be certification courses you will be able to take which will include interactive mentoring and skill evaluations. One of the new developments in this is the Aikido University which is forming up right now. The vision of the project is that it will include courses of all kinds from instructors from many diverse backgrounds. You will be able to go and choose which material you would like to learn more about. I'm happy to say that I've been honored to be one of the initial content contributors to the Aikido University. This is an exciting prospect because I have a series of courses I've been designing for some time now and this would be the perfect place to make them available. It is collaborations like these which are the hallmarks of the open source approach. We all benefit from collaborating with others. I don't think traditional organizations will disappear entirely, but the problems they bring about will sponsor them to change significantly. I think those changes are long overdue. Politics and poor behavior are not acceptable and do not enhance the art. We have to find a way to purge these from the art if it's going to grow. Growth is positivity, and these negative influences hinder it. This is an exciting time for Aikido. We are forming its future right now. One last thought I will leave you with to consider. That is, the current state of affairs with almost all dojos being shut down and people not able to train. It would be easy to look at this as a negative thing, and surely everyone misses mat time and their normal training routine. However, I suggest looking at this as a huge opportunity. The opportunity lies in two distinct areas. First, we must break our normal training habits. We now have the opportunity to break out of our normal habits and must look at our Aikido training in entirely new ways. This isn't even optional. We are all forced to do it. And that's a good thing. This is a perfect time to reflect, analyze, and plan how to move forward. That plan can and should include changes and improvements to what we are doing. There are always improvements to make. The normal grind of training and keeping a dojo going, even the challenges of everyday life, can leave little time for creatively planning new things. Take advantage of this opportunity to restore your excitement to your training by changing up how you approach it. Keep what works well. Find what may be missing that could be included and plan out ways to shore up and improve what you aren't completely happy with. The second area of opportunity is using the wonderful tool of the internet to connect with other instructors and practitioners. Aikido is about the advantages of connection, yet many practitioners never even try to connect with others outside their organization. This is an opportunity to lift your head up from the normally small world inside your dojo 
and see what others are doing. Using the internet to connect is more than just looking at what others are sharing. Consider sharing your stuff as well. I know this is challenging and can seem daunting, but if you have great stuff that works well, the Aikido community would be enriched by having it be available to people outside your practice group. The art will grow when the sharing of good information increases. There are countless ways to use the internet to improve Aikido, and many of them are not even conceived of yet. You may have an excellent idea for how to do it. It's worth giving a try. I'm happy to share my knowledge to help anyone get started, and I'm sure others are willing to help get you on the path as well. There are many things we can do, even when our normal training schedule is interrupted. Use this time to let your creativity loose and take full advantage of the opportunity. Never let yourself sit still without advancing your skills and understanding. What do you think? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall Side and post a comment. The Spirit Aikido online program is now live, and there are more than 60 videos in the program, with new ones added every few days. Subscribers get access to video training and mentoring to techniques and training methods I've adopted from other martial arts to make my Aikido more practical. There is a link in the description section. I invite you to check it out. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.